I've been having these weird thoughts lately. Like, does any of this make sense? Or not? to Got It Memorized, a Kingdom Hearts recap podcast trying to make sense of this mess before Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. You might even figure out what's going on, maybe. I'm Wheels, and I'm joined, as always, by Joe. How are you, Joe? I'm pretty good. I'm kind of I'm kind of sleepy. I, right before we are recording, I uh, I put my, my six-month-old down to sleep, and I almost fell asleep with him, so... Do you feel do you feel that you are falling through darkness and that there there's a there's a voice calling calling for you um the voice of the of Tetsuya Nomura to 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 wake up and and stop being a heartless and and <laughs> this analogy got away from me but we're talking about Hollow Bastion this week we're talking about Hollow Bastion which is if we weren't in the thick of it we are in the thick of it now we are pretty certain this is gonna take uh more than one episode but we're we're, we're just gonna Probably we're just gonna it, talk it, until it's an episode length yeah and then it, figure it depends out because you know we did neverland in like 25 minutes so yeah that's true so it really just depends on the mood so i guess we should jump into it oh, but um, joe i have so many notes Ew. oh me too um so this starts in Traverse Town, um, because I guess without mentioning it, we got a I guess a Navi piece at the end of Neverland, if I'm remembering correctly. Because um, I guess for me, the cutscene started with Sora waiting near where Sid is in Traverse Town. Um, weirdly um, pessimistic now, as opposed to how optimistic he was minutes ago on the boat. How did I miss this this Traverse Town detour? I don't know. Um, Is it long? Am I, did I miss a lot? No, it's... I mean, I guess there's one important thing, but it's Final Mix anyway. So I'll just go over it real quick. Um, but yeah, so I guess they're waiting on Sid for the the gummy piece. And then for now, for all, all of a sudden, he's sad about, oh, maybe we won't get Kyrie back. And then Donald Duck goes through the remember the rule no frowning faces and oh yeah he he sort of has this weird vision of himself flying through something um it, it looks like he's going to neverland which is weird that we didn't actually see that in neverland um but he hears Kyrie's voice and I, I think she says like i believe in you or something and um we see that him flying and uh we get this additional cutscene which is I, I believe it's final mix and i think we can chalk it up to Kyrie's heart showing him a memory um because we see Kyrie in the library of hollow bastion which we will talk about more in depth as this episode goes on um she's she's super young and she's with her grandma and she's telling her this story and i don't i'm not going to pull up the story and read it word for word um 
I'm sure we'll recite it at one point in this podcast because it yeah, is. It comes repeat. up later. Yeah, it's repeated also at the beginning of um, Unchained Key, which is the mobile game. Um, oh, it comes that, up later this episode, but yeah. Does it? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. She does mention it later. But um, just word for word, what the story is, is interesting. And I, I think it's interesting that it's withstood the test of Final Mix to now. Um, <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, and that's it's interesting because if that is final mix, then I don't think it is because I is it Cause I remember I don't because I remember that scene okay. and I, I, I think... like I said I I somehow in in rewatching the playthrough I must have missed this little bit of Traverse Town and I at least have a memory of that that scene and I didn't play mm-hmm. final mix so I think it's in the original. Okay, I think it threw me off because it's silent. Like, the, the grandma doesn't have a voice actor. Maybe it is Final Mix. I don't know. That's the only reason. Like, I don't remember well enough. to. I haven't checked. But, um, so that scene happens. Um, it would be, the only reason it would be weird if it's Final Mix is because Sora does bring it up later. Yeah. He's like, oh, that story. And I'm like, okay, maybe. I don't know. Um, but so that happens. Um, it's just some stuff about the light and the darkness and the worlds being apart because of the darkness and the light splitting up and blah, 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 blah. It'll be important later, like later in the franchise. Uh, so then we get to Hollow Bastion. Um, now that we have this new gummy piece, and I'm gonna—I want you to tell me about um, how good of a how how well Riku does at greeting his guests. I mean, it's not great. <laughs> so, Goof Troop. Uh, so they 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 land in Hollow Bastion. We get a few lines about. Uh, Sora feels Sora mentions that he feels like he knows this place even though he's never been there and and that he feels like a warmth in his heart for some reason that he can't explain um is it in it is in this game it is later in this game that we learn that Kyrie is from Hollow Bastion correct yeah if if not we would have been doing a great disservice to our rules um yeah no we figured out in this world okay yeah so and uh, you know the full context is that you know we'll find out later in this world that Kyrie is Kyrie's heart has been residing within Sora's so it's sort of her heart reacting to um the ruins of her own her old home I guess and then as you mentioned uh they jump do a little bit of platforming and uh encounter Riku having a chat with Beast from Beauty and the Beast and not being very nice to him and not being not being very uh as you mentioned not being a great host (laughs) um he's sort of grilling beast on like how did how did you get here without a vessel or without the heartless to help you uh beast replies that all he had he just believed uh and that there was nothing more to it than that uh because when his world was destroyed uh he vowed that he would go find bell the you know from beauty and the beast and so since bell is here so is he because he vowed that he would be weird yeah i mean <laughs> it's disney magic it's it's disney magic but it breaks a lot of kingdom hearts rules <laughs> yeah so. I, i'm i'm I, you know <sighs> I what joe like... i am i am i am over worrying about kingdom hearts rules about transportation it's a shame we're not doing an answer report final mix for a while um, because I just had a thought about Beast that is really upsetting, and I can't say it <laughs> in this. 
I can't, I, I can't, and I can't fathom what that would be. So Riku continues to taunt Beast, uh, and then it causing the starting a fight between the two of them doesn't go super well for Beast. Uh, and then right then is when Goof Troop confront Riku. Sora asks him to stop. When you texted me earlier, you asked of me something that is. You're you're asking a lot of me, Joe, but I'm willing this, to do it. This wasn't the cutscene I was talking the, about. Not not this cutscene. Well, you're I gonna mean, have to let me know because you did text me that you wanted us to act out the interaction between <laughs> the two of them. I I did, and then I watched it, and I was like, God, it's so much. Because I'm thinking of the one later on where. Got it. Um, we'll we'll get to it, but it, I think it's more iconic because it's right before a boss fight that people. Mm-hmm often die to and in the original version of this game before final mix you could not skip cutscenes. yeah so a lot of people have that scene pretty memorized um, <laughs> got it memorized yeah um oof. so not this cutscene, but um this one's equally good it is good uh so riku is like you know we've we've seen this song in dance before uh, mm-hmm. But it goes a little a little differently between Riku and Sora than in the previous cutscenes we've seen between the two of them because he says there can't be two Keyblade Masters. The Keyblade uh, should choose its true master, and he lets his hand out, and the Keyblade disapparates from Sora's hand and and apparates in in Riku's hand there, and, uh, and then Sora's pretty flabbergasted. Sora's pretty pretty confused because. I mean, this is the first thing, unless, well, I guess a lot of things have gone wrong. He just didn't care, because um, technically he hasn't saved a single princess yet. But um, as far as he's concerned, this is the the first thing that's really gone wrong for him. So he's kind of kind of confused, and I, I think it's yeah, worse that it's Riku, of all I, people, causing the problem. Yeah, and Riku says... That Maleficent was right, that Sora doesn't have what it takes to be a real Keyblade Master, and that it's up to Riku to, and this is verbatim, or, well, this is close to verbatim, to open the secret door and change the world, or save the world. I think it's save the world. And then, He so, doesn't have intents to do that, though. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe he does, because this is the world where we're going to get really into the fact that Riku is sort of possessed, I guess is the best word, by Ansem Seeker of Darkness. Mm-hmm. I, and I I think you could make the claim that, that... At this point, he still has good intentions. Yeah, that, that Riku, like, wants to... Uh, Riku wants to open the, as he calls it, the secret door uh, that he thinks will give him the power to change the world to maybe save destiny islands or something like i, I think that's yeah uh, up to this point all he's ever cared about is Kyrie. so mm-hmm. for him to suddenly be like i'm gonna save the world and i was like okay if you say so um so it's interesting uh this scene altogether is very interesting um not that we can really talk about it now um but just sort of there are interesting forces going on in the background, yeah. uh, going on in the past, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. that relate to yeah. <laughs> things that are things, spoilery. Things that are spoilery. Um, but what really fucks me up about this scene is the end of Goof Troop. 
it comes pretty quick. Uh, all, basically, all you get nowhere. is Sora. Basically, all you get is Sora doing a, you know, a, like that's not true. That's impossible. And then, uh, Riku has a line saying like, "You are just the delivery boy." That's a terrible Riku. Whatever. Uh, your was, part's I mean, over now. That was a little. It was better. pretty good. Yeah. Um. Go play hero with this, and then he tosses the, the little wooden toy sword, and then this is the part you were mentioning, where Donald and Goofy are like, "Well, all right, the the king did say we gotta follow the, the boy with the key. This kid's got the key now, so I guess we should leave this person that we've spent five sixths of a JRPG length amount of time." with mm-hmm. and just like that yeah donald pretty much just says sorry and then they go yep he does apologize at least there's that such a considerate duck beast sort of walks up from in the shadows and and the two of them realize that their goals are are intertwined because they're both attempting to save someone who has been captured by the heartless slash maleficent however you want to say that yeah, the the dark forces that be. I, I I wrote down Beast's exact quote as though I am alone, I will fight. And Swords is like, me too. And he picks up the wooden sword, <laughs> and um, and then Beast continues to do all the work for the rest of this world. Um, I propose that really because... on the podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I propose that we change. So the goof. There's no goof troop right now, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I wrote down the phrase Beast friend. Um. Beast friend is good. I had the beauty squad written down <laughs> for for Sora and Beast. Uh, we can we can we can fight can we do, between those two. Can we can we do Rose Buddies? <laughs> Rose Buddies is really good. <laughs> Rose Buddies, it's it's Rose Buddies. So okay. Uh, but then the name I had for uh, let's see if you like this. The name I had for because it'll come up later when the when we'll see the three of these characters, Donald, Goofy, and Riku again. I've called them the High Wind Posse. <laughs> oh man, that's exactly what Riku would come up with, and it's um fitting for uh, anyone who doesn't uh, anyone who doesn't remember that is the name that uh, Riku uh, gives to the raft in the beginning. The High Wind is the name Riku gives to the raft mm-hmm. if Riku wins the race in the in Destiny Islands. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't talked much about the monkey bite in a while. No, no, we haven't. I mean, there are some places in here where uh, Jet Monkey HD Gaming does assert himself in some pretty fun ways. I think I have that written down in here. Yeah, I do. I I do have notes of when that comes up. So, so, so we'll, we'll, uh, any uh, Jet Monkey fans in the audience, you'll get your whistles wet in this episode. Every, everyone is a Jet Monkey HD Gaming. Fan. I mean, I certainly uh, am. Um, so we see this gut scene of. Uh, the princesses sort of in these uh, like capsule pods situations um all, they're all sort of sleeping beauties right now and maleficent does this little she's in there too she does this little thing where she's trying to summon the keyhole with a little incantation yeah reveal to me the keyhole and uh it was good shit don't happen though um no because she's she's missing one vital ingredient and that is um Kyrie's heart and i don't know if we learned that in this scene but it don't work and uh and then 
I think from there's a lot of Hollow Bastion. I don't know if anything is worth mentioning, but it's mostly just, it's it's. I forgot how long of a I guess you would call it a dungeon. I forgot how long of a dungeon crawl Hollow Bastion was. It, yeah, so they they really make you feel that that Keybladeless struggle. Um, yeah, and they make you and they make uh, Beast say the same voice lines over and over again a lot. What do you call on him to beat a heartless? But yeah, I. I yeah, I forgot how much of this was just like fighting your way up the tower. I re- I remembered it as as being like, I I guess you remember the cutscenes more from from the playthrough because it. Yeah, and especially like, this is the most loaded world. Like even the end yeah. of the game doesn't have this much stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, the next cutscene is we go into this big circular room with a fountain and. Uh, Beast can sense that they're near the others. I'm not sure exactly what he says, but um, uh, he is tricked. Um, behind them in the doorway, he sees this image of of Bell, his princess. Which this would be weird if you hadn't seen the movie. Um, I guess because you wouldn't really know who she was. But yeah. um, <laughs> you see her, and then it sort of disappears into a heartless, and he gets kind of peeved at that and charges out. And then the door is closed, and Sora is trapped alone in this room. With, and then um, Rose Buddies, the... Rose Buddies <laughs> are over before they even started. Yeah, and then but we get to see the we get another <laughs> shot of the High Wind Posse. The High Wind Posse is um right there, and then just waiting. Riku um just sort of transforms real quick in front of Sora. Mm-hmm. Um, puts on his PJs. On... Yeah. <laughs> Takes on this this snuggly little outfit that kind of looks like muscles without skin on them. It's Pur- yeah, a little purple, oh purple, yeah. purple sinewy something. It's, it's very of its time and demographic. Yeah, because it it's not like because we'll get a very goth keyblade later on, but it doesn't have that aesthetic. It's, it's no, a, it's 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 way more of a. It's like uh, proto scene. Yeah, it's it, that's the thing. It's very like still young into it. Like yeah, it's it's very Disneyfied, I guess. Um, but it's you know some sort of um transformation related to his darkness powers. Mm-hmm. Um, we get this conversation with them where Sora ultimately decides he doesn't need the Keyblade. His friends are his power. Whoa, um, actually, we're skipping. He's, he's, we're skipping. He says that at the end of the conversation, but it's the it's the line yeah. that I have memorized. Um, so yeah, if you want to explain more of that talk, so there's part of this cutscene that that destroys me. Uh, namely, Riku says, "You know, you should just." quit while you're behind type of thing and Sora refuses Riku lets out an energy blast which I, I don't know I don't know I guess he can do that I mean yeah it's kind of weird because we've seen him control the heartless and make portals so I guess it's not true a super big jump but it it's still weird we get a shot that is from Sora, uh, not quite from Sora's perspective, but but near where the camera is situated, near where Sora is, and we see the energy blast just coming right at Sora, and we see behind behind Riku, 
are Donald and Goofy, oh. and they're both standing there. <laughs> okay, I understand your concerns. The beam is halfway, and it's it, it ain't a it, it's not a it's not a slow moving blast. It, it's it's got a clip to it, you know. It, it's 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 trekking, and it's like halfway to Sora. Then we do a near one eighty turn of the camera cut not a not an actual pan but we cut the camera to a near 180 degree so that we're looking at Sora now and suddenly Goofy is there with his shield it is a great emotional moment for the narrative but I have no idea when Goofy became Barry Allen the fastest man alive and how he could possibly (laughs) run that quickly to get his shield in the way of that blast when we saw him in the previous shot behind Riku who himself was behind the blast that he already shot out of his hand. I mean the obvious answer is that this whole time Goofy has been hiding that he does have a stand and it is the world Um, or some other Time control power. What is a stand? I'm sorry. I thought you might have seen JoJo before, but I guess no. Not. I'm so- all right. Well, <laughs> is that is that like the is that like their special powers that they get? Uh, it's like a familiar. Oh, with powers. Um, so uh, so um, for uh, so for for normies like like me, it's like his Patronus. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, there might even be a better metaphor than that, but sure. I like I I I like my first comparison that Goofy is actually the a flesh. super-powered speedster from the DC universe who gets his powers from Gorse, the Speed Force. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, does that mean Goofy can like vibrate himself through walls? Yeah, and if he runs fast enough, he can go back in time. Oh man, maybe that's what he did. Instead mm. of the obvious solution, this goof has gone too long. So, Goofy says to Donald um, to apologize to the king for him because he's not following the key. And um, Donald, I think his line is, um, we'll tell him together, and then runs over to Sora as well. And then, um, I think that's when Sora says that he doesn't need the keyblade, and my friends are my power, and... Um, yeah, because Riku asks him, "How, how are you gonna fight without a weapon?" Yeah. And and then Sora says, "I don't need the Keyblade. I have a better weapon." And he talks about I'll how his heart take is advantage his... of my friends. Yeah, <laughs> and well, he talk yeah, and he talks about how his even if his heart alone, uh, even if his heart alone were weak, it doesn't matter because all of the friends he met along the way are with him, and when they think of him. It gives them strength, and their hearts are one when they think of each other. And I really like this part because it totally subverts what he was just saying. The Keyblade then shifts to Sora, and he's like, I don't need the Keyblade to fight you. And and then the Keyblade goes to him like, oh, it it is nice to have the Keyblade too, I guess. (laughs) He's like, well, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting um, that back and forth i think this is more a conversation for i think an answer report as far as like the the depth to it but this game up to this point has sort of created this dichotomy between the keyblade and darkness like it's always been the keyblade's been the light in capital t capital l the light and um even this scene sort of is 
I think I think the first time people played it with no context, it sort of throws off that idea of like, why can Riku mm-hmm. have the Keyblade? He's evil. Of course, Sora gets it back. Um, although I mean, later on he gets a Keyblade, but Riku gets a Keyblade. But it is sort of edgy and um, seen, so it's different. Uh, but I, I think that's an interesting sort of framing for this story that will be very different later on for us to talk about. But yeah, um, not not super. Like it, it's different in that the details change and the details of like what the mechanics of a keyblade transferring from one person to another would signify. But thematically, it doesn't really change anything. Like yeah, emotionally, it, it, the message is still the same. Will still be the yeah. same. It, it's it's just interesting how this uh, it seems to create this notion that the the heart needs to be strong with goodness to control this keyblade and and especially like this uh, I mean again Riku does get one later on but it has that keyblade in particular has really weird properties so I it still sort of creates this there can only be one Highlander situation of the keyblade but I, I just think it, it's really interesting how that stuff is proposed in this game as opposed to later on. But while also, like, later on, it doesn't just retcon everything that happened. So, yeah. again, I, yeah. I, I would I would love to get more in-depth of that conversation, but um, end of the game. End of the game, we will. <laughs> when, yeah, yeah. So let's see, where were you? Uh, Riku runs off like a little baby. Mm-hmm. He just runs away. Well, I mean, Sora beats him up first. That's true, yep. Um, forgot we didn't already mention that. Then he runs away like a little baby, and then Beast comes back and joins Goof Troop. So now we have what is it? Goof Troop like two point or is it? I don't know. I mean, when the when we had a, we had a whole bunch of Disney folk in in hanging around before, and it was still Goof Troop. Yeah, it's it's um... you know when Aladdin wasn't was there, it wasn't like it wasn't like I dream of Goofy. Like we didn't change the name then. <laughs> But why not? <laughs> because then we'd have to do it every episode. I think I think our podcast needs a final mix in which we reinsert a new canon. Oh no. Let's let's not do that. Uh what was I gonna say? I had something really good in my head and now it's gone. Cause I, you, All right, I'll just fucking... laugh I'll just laugh here and then you can edit it in later. <laughs> Thanks. The the joke I think, was I think I, that was it, clean audio, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it reminded me of um, one of my my favorite <laughs> memes of like friendship with X ended now Y is my best friend. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which which is then later followed by I think um, all of them are friends. So that's basically what's happening. Yeah, there here. are a whole, there are a lot of updates to that meme that are. It's all a pretty long going relationship. <laughs> yeah, but th- this isn't a meme podcast. I promise. I promise. It sometimes um, is. Sometimes it is. Um, so we get this cutscene of Riku like crying. Um, his insecurity is definitely at <laughs> its its highest point. Um, and he gets talked to. This podcast should have just been called Riku crying. <laughs> Riku crying. Well, no, then we did. We'd be done after this game because uh, he gets a fucking character development in like five minutes. Yeah, fair. So, um, which is weirdly rushed, but whatever. Uh. So he gets talked to by this voice, this this hooded fellow who we would recognize from the beginning of the game. Man, I'm really confused about the identity of this person on a level that we can't discuss in this episode. But mm-hmm. um, he is told that his heart will grow stronger if, I think, becomes darkness 
himself or itself if, if he becomes darkness itself um right take a take a drink every time you hear the word darkness in this episode um or or don't if you want to <laughs> stay conscious yeah well the next cut scene is Riku and Maleficent in that room. Can I can I stop you there? Because there is there is an important line that gives at least this game's interpretation of what happened with the exchange of the keyblades. Because the 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 hooded figure says the reason the keyblade went to Sora is because the keyblade chooses the stronger heart, and uh, tells him that if he were to become darkness itself, that his heart would that Riku's heart would become stronger than Sora's again. Okay. I mean, and that's not terribly untrue. It's, right. It's, in, in, in this case in particular, it's very weird. And I think we can get into it later. Um, mm-hmm. um, sort of the, the mechanics of why between the two of them at this point, there's one Keyblade until Riku becomes what he's becoming in this scene right now. Um, darkness itself. <laughs> So, is there anything important before that cutscene in that last room with Riku and Maleficent? No, it, it basically just uh, we cut to it where uh, Riku's Riku has two voices now. Don't worry about it. One of them is just the the voice of Billy Zane, but don't worry too much about it. Billy Zane, right? It is Billy Zane, right? Yeah. Um, I did a lot of Billy Zane research last night. <laughs> um. <laughs> Because he's not in the later games, and I wanted to know why, and there's a lot of controversy about it. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Well, he apparently just stopped having a career after, like... Yeah. I don't know what point. I don't know if he's in... He's probably not in Chain Memories, so... Um, Did we already talk about how I'm related to Ansem Seeker of Darkness? <laughs> Did we... <laughs> Did we already do this on the show? <sighs> no, I mean, that's a pretty long chain. Anybody could be. It's like fucking... What is it? Is it Kevin Bacon that has that thing? Yeah, six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but six to six degrees of Ansem. What's your connection? Joe Joey Wheeler is the name of Billy Zane's character in Twin Peaks, and Wheeler is my last name. Oh, okay. Joey Wheeler is also a Yu-Gi-Oh character. Oh no, it's not Joey Wheeler then. Yeah, Joey Wheeler is the Yu-Gi-Oh ke- character. Jack Wheeler is uh mm. John, aka Jack Wheeler, I think is Billy Zane's character in Twin Peaks. He shows mm. up for like four episodes, falls in love with Audrey Horn and then flies away on a, <laughs> on a on a two-seat uh airplane. <laughs> nice. And directly into the Kingdom Hearts universe. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I it was late last night and I I don't remember any of the Billy Zane knowledge that I gained. Um <laughs> it probably isn't that important. All I know is that everything he's in now is failing. Like he keeps being in shows that only last a season. Yeah, I watched that same like Watch Mojo or whatever <laughs> yeah. channel that that that's on where it's talking about why Billy Zane's life is hell. <laughs> and uh, the only six thing reasons ta- <laughs> six reasons why Billy Zane's life is a living hell. <laughs> Number five will shock you. <laughs> the only thing I retained is that he was the phantom. The they they make the argument that all of his attempts at being the like the leading main character uh are, were financial flops and people are just really obsessed with his uh villainous role in the Titanic and can't get over that one particular role. Yeah, cuz that's the fucking highlight of that film. 
<laughs> anyway, so welcome to the Billy Zane cast, everybody. All all of that to say, Riku now also has Billy Zane's voice when he speaks, but don't worry too much about it. <laughs> <laughs> like we do. Yeah. So he standing next to Maleficent, and he's uh, very happy that the path has emerged at last. Uh, namely the keyhole to the darkness. Uh, he says yeah, that it's, it's it's weird because Riku's voice is the prominent one, but he's definitely mm-hmm. speaking in old evil person dialect. Mm-hmm. He mentions that if you unlock it, the heartless will overrun this world. And Maleficent says it doesn't matter because she's going to use the power herself to rule all worlds um which is i guess the first time we've really heard maleficent say exactly what her plan is we knew that she wanted to use the princesses of heart to do something but now we get firm confirmation that she's trying to use the power of the darkness to rule everything yeah and i really thought i really thought her goals would be like more three-dimensional than that (laughs) but i guess i guess it's just maleficent yeah. After all. Oh well. Uh Riku summons a keyblade. Which The aforementioned Goth Keyblade. Yeah. Not the Goth Keyblade that Sora gets. <laughs> what's uh what's the name of that keyblade? The one Riku has? Yeah, it has a name. Does it? List of Keyblades. Not Kinks. <laughs> it's a slightly longer list. Only slightly though. Yeah, not a whole lot. I like the final mix kink list. Is it the Keyblade of Heart? That's probably it. Yeah, that's what it says. And it doesn't really have a whole lot going on with it, does it? Keyblade of Heart, sometimes referred to as Riku's Keyblade or Dark Riku's Keyblade, is a Keyblade created by Ansem, Seeker of Darkness, from the hearts of the Princesses of Heart, uh, with the exception of Kairi. Dark Riku. Yeah, we've 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 made some jokes occasionally about all of the princesses being in Sora's heart, but that's not true. Um... There's still a lot of hearts in Sora, but we're we're exaggerating. There are arguably not hearts, but there are arguably just as many. <laughs> I guess I I can't I can't I can't say this because it would be Anson Report material. But there's a lot yeah. of folks hanging out in there. Yeah, and what's man? We will bring this up. Um, not well. There's a scene in like a like ten or so minutes that we will bring up that raises some questions for me arguably will be the if you're talking about the scene i'm thinking of is arguably the most important scene in all of kingdom hearts it is it's i mean that the scene is the reason half of the side games exist yeah um so we'll get there uh so riku has that heart or no he needs that heart gotta get that heart that achy breaky heart that achy breaky princess of heart and Maleficent says that she will take care of the goof troop herself. Mm-hmm. And she stippy steps off to the room that the goof troop is walking into, I guess, as conveniently timed. And I don't know if anything that they'd say is important, but they fight. Yeah, I mean, she just says how she's going to be that she's evil, I guess. And that I'm evil. Uh, and then they, they duke it out. And, you know, as with every boss fight, they win. <laughs> yeah. Goof troop, um, that is. Have I mentioned that in the theater mode, whenever there's a fight or a boss fight, <laughs> it, 
it goes, it fades to black, and then you just hear this fucking mashup of battle sounds and voice clips to really get you into Wait, the emergence. Wait, what? I, I can't believe that I haven't brought it up. And whoever made it, whoever made those scenes is like, knows what they're doing because it'll be, like, it'll always sound relevant to the particular oh. boss fight. So there's some, like, there's some grade A Foley work happening here. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, it'll be like it, the entire sound of a fight sort of compressed into like 30 seconds. So you hear a lot of like, heel, heel. Oh and man. Donald duck noises. This should help. Um, <laughs> it's, it's fun. Um, I guess it's better than just a hard cut yeah. from begin to fight to end of fight. I, that's what I thought you were getting. Uh, that's what I assumed you were getting this whole... That's amazing. Nope. It's it's fun. Um, man, I sure hope they release theater mode for every other game. Although they're yeah. running out of time to release Chain of yeah. <laughs> So she waddles off into a darkness hole after she is defeated. And they follow her into this big sort of atrium. Like... It's very top of a tower sort of room. I think I described it as a sanctum in my notes, but yeah. Sanctum. Yes. And Riku shows up, and my notes say that, well, there's some conversation. Is it important, or should I just cut to what happens? Um, well, he... I think he says something about becoming darkness itself again. Yeah, he explains what the Keyblade does. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, it can unlock people's hearts. That's important. That's actually right. a really important detail. So he says that, and then he sort of stabs it into Maleficent, in which it makes it unlocks her heart, and then she becomes one with her fursona. And <laughs> then she's a giant dragon. And we fight the giant dragon. This is the one time in the entire game I use a summon, because Tinkerbell helps a lot with this fight. Um that's just some, some important MLG Pro tips for me. That's what you come to this podcast for, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we focus on. I can't remember if it's the drag after this dragon fight that we just mentioned or after the original fight, but we do get Ansem's report number five there. Yes. Um, just to mention it, because it probably won't be in this episode as I'm staring at how long we've been recording. Um, we, at the end of Hollow Bastion, we get all, well, we get up to Ansem report Ten. So at the end of Hollow Bastion proper, we're just going to read through all of them, like one to ten, front to back. Um, so we're not going to read five in this episode. Um, right. Just for, which will be fun. We get to go back and forth and a lot of a lot of deepened Billy Zane voice. Do we um, think this is the? Do we think this is the good halfway point? And we can easily fit more, but like what happens next is the bulk of it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's call it. Yeah, so I'm Wheels. You can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash thetravisw. The podcast I'm going to plug this week is Arbitrary Archive. It's a show where my brother and I recommend, uh, usually, unless we don't like the thing we're talking about, but usually we pick things that we at least think we're going to like. We recommend media to you based on um, a random word every week. that we get and then we have to use that as a theme uh, like the last one was embrace so we both had to come up with a movie or an album or a tv show or something that had to do with embrace and then we tell you why you should or should not seek out that thing it's a good show if you need more uh, media in your life but you're not sure uh, what things to watch or read or listen to it is good 
Did I say what it was called? Arbitrary Archive. You did. Yeah. Okay. You can find me on Twitter at Ghost of Joe, just J O. Eventually, I'll stop saying that probably, but I just assume this is every episode is someone's first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I also have another podcast called We Are Watching One Piece, um, in which I talk about One Piece, which um, Jory just made an image of uh, Buggy the Clown, which is a, a really good One Piece character, but changed the color of his face paint and made him into a juggalo. Um, <laughs> so please follow our Twitter there, um, which is what we are. Oh, we are watching OP, I think. And then also you can follow the Twitter for this show that you're listening to right now at MemorizeCast. Um, that's it. Um, shit, how do we, what do we say when it's not the end of the world? Um. Bye. <laughs> that, uh, maybe we should just say, <laughs> that's hollow, and then in the next part say, that's Bastion. Yes, definitely. Um, so this has been a hollow. <laughs> Got it. Memorized. Thank you.